Good morning. Is everybody glad to be here? Praise the Lord. We're going to start now with a, a hymn. And everybody stand up and let's uh, praise the Lord. Blessedness of trusting God. You trust God? He is good to trust. Has a good wedding last night. If you're looking for the pastor, he's on his honeymoon. So don't look too hard because he ain't here. Uh, at one point he said he might come, and we're all going like, huh? Uh, the Bible says when the when a Jewish guy got married, he took a year off. Uh, he will be back in a couple weeks. He's not going to take a year. But uh, he and Brianna are going to go and uh, 
have some time to themselves, get to know each other, and I think that's a good, blessed thing. So, in the blessedness of trusting God, it says, Praise ye the Lord, praise the Lord, O my soul. While I live, will I praise the Lord. I will sing praises unto my God while I have any being. Put not your trust in princes, nor in the Son of Man, in whom there is no help. His breath goeth forth, he returneth to his earth, and that very day his thoughts perish. Happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God, which made heaven and earth, the sea, and all therein there is, and keepeth truth forever, which executeth judgment for the oppressed, which giveth food to the hungry, the Lord looseth the prisoners. The Lord opened the eyes of the blind. The Lord raiseth them that are bowed down. The Lord loveth the righteous. The Lord preserveth the strangers. He relieveth the fatherless and widow. But the way of the wicked, he turneth upside down. The Lord shall reign forever, even thy God, O Zion, unto all generations. Praise ye the Lord. Let's go to the Lord in prayer now. I know that uh, we have lots of requests, some of which is our pastor and his wife, which are now on uh, their honeymoon. Remember the people of Ukraine, uh, being an ex-military guy, I have some real particular opinions that I will not express from here. Uh, but I always pray the Lord will protect the innocent and fight the battles for those people who did not have this to come upon them for anything they did because they were innocent in all of this. So pray for them. We also have some sick. Pray you will be with them and keep them and raise them up. The Lord's done some blessed things in this church. He has touched a lot of people in here, and he has been with us every step of the way. So we want to praise his name for that as well. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Kind Heavenly Father, we do thank you and praise your holy name for this opportunity to come before you in prayer and fellowship and worship, Lord. As we come before you this morning, I pray that you will continue to abide with us and help us to do the will that you would have us to do. But I pray you will be with our pastor and his wife, Lord, as they travel. Give them traveling mercies, Lord, and give them an opportunity to know each other and build family together. Lord, I pray that you will continue to bless this service. Help us to sing the songs of Zion and make a joyful noise unto you. I pray that you will touch the minister this morning, Lord, as he delivers the word, that it will be the word you would have us to hear, that we can take it forth and use it for the betterment of thy kingdom. Be with us, Lord, and help those that are sick. I pray that you will touch each of them where they cannot be here due to illness. Those that are having to work today, I pray that you will be with them and strengthen them. Continue to abide with us. We ask all of this in Jesus' holy, precious name. And the congregation said, Amen.
Good morning. Glad to see you in the house of God this morning. And as has been said, uh, Jonathan originally had planned on being here today, but after some godly counsel and, and a 
talk with his mother who said that's not acceptable because if I was your bride, that wouldn't work. And so uh, he, uh, you, can't get, you can't get him for commitment, that's for sure. But uh, so we kind of had a family meeting since I had someone preaching for me this morning, John thought, well, if you don't have to preach there, you can come preach here. And so uh, his mother and I invited me to come preach here this morning. And so, uh, but we're glad to be here in the house of God. If you have your Bibles, turn with me into St. John's Gospel, chapter 21. Kind of going to pick up from where the Sunday school lesson kind of left off. I was sitting there this morning during Sunday school and I was thinking back of all the people here that I've known over mine and Sister Melody's married life and I thought, how ironic. I'm 60 years old and 30 years ago I taught Brother Marion and I came here this morning and he taught me. And so it's like, well, I think that's a sign I'm getting old because who I used to teach is teaching me now and I don't have to have an Uber driver yet, but we're getting close to that too. So anyway, but we are so delighted. What a nice looking congregation. Um, I uh, I was thinking this morning, I said, uh, I think actually I told somebody, I said, uh, let me know if Jonathan's watching because if I say something he don't like, he'll put on Facebook. He needs to stop. And so he's probably watching, I'm telling you, so you better be on your best behavior. Uh, St. John's Gospel, chapter 21, is going to just kind of pick up from your Sunday school lesson. It said, after these things, Jesus showed himself, and of course this is after his resurrection. Let me get rid of the cell phone. He showed himself again. So he has shown himself previously since his resurrection to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and on this wise showed he himself. There were together Simon Peter, Thomas called Didymus, and Nathanael of Canaan and Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and two other of his disciples. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a-fishing. They say unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately. And that night they caught nothing. But when the morning was come, aren't you glad there's always a morning after midnight? But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore. But the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. And I tell you, sometimes you may not realize it, but he's closer than you think, and you may not even know he's in the house, but he's there. Then Jesus saith unto them, Children, have you any meat? They answered him, No. If you notice in your Bible, it is a capital N, showing emphasis. No. And he said unto them, Cast the net On the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fish. Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, 
This is what I want you to get. It is the Lord. It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girded his fish's coat unto him, for he was naked and did cast himself into the sea. I want to preach to you for the next few moments on this thought. He has what you're fishing for. He has what you're fishing for. Will you bow your heads with prayer for prayer this morning? Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day and your goodness and blessings. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to be in the house of God, to worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords, for you are worthy to be praised. God, and you have told us that we should come together and magnify the Lord together and exalt your name. And to lift you up, and God, if you would be lifted up, you would draw men unto yourself. God, I pray that you would help this, your servant, to lift you up, Lord, in this place today, that men and women might be drawn closer and closer to you, O God, that when we leave here, we can say, surely the presence of the Lord was in this house. And Lord, we'll thank you and praise and magnify you for all that you do. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated. He has what you're fishing for. Jesus was crucified, as we all know, resurrected. He appears to his disciples a couple times. He's about to make that third appearance that I read to you here in St. John's Gospel. We find seven of those disciples of the eleven that he still had. Seven of those have decided to fish. I want us to look at this thought. Their condition was this. They were exhausted and they were empty. Now sometimes folks will tell you that's a bad place to be. I submit to you this morning when you're emptied of all yourself that's when God can fill you with His presence. When you're exhausted and down to nothing that's when God can do His best performance. Because when things are up sometimes I don't realize how much I need Him. You let me get exhausted. You let me get empty. You let me get down and I'll recognize oh God I need you more today than I've ever needed you before. Because I'm empty Lord and I have nothing left who offer. That's where these disciples were. Remember, they have seen him beaten. They have seen him crucified. They were at the cemetery. They saw him being buried. He's already appeared twice to them. In their mind, think if you were there. They're trying to make sense of what's going on. In their mind, no doubt, they're thinking, what is next? Is that not where we are today, church? Come on, let's help me this morning. Is that not where we are in the world today? My God, what will be next? And, of course, my wife's medical profession, so i got to be careful this morning because she came with me to keep me straight. But, you know, we, you know, we had COVID-19, and then we had COVID-Delta, and then we had COVID-Amicron, and we got COVID-this, and she gets a little bit out of shape. I said, next thing, y'all have a COVID-ingrown toenail because everything's COVID now. If you sneeze, it's a COVID sneeze. What will be next? Am I telling the truth, church? We live in that, that tension of, God, we don't know what's next, but I can't by to remind somebody I don't know about tomorrow but I do know who holds tomorrow and I know who's holding my head and I refuse to live in the fear of what this world is doing because this Bible teaches me a different set of rules they didn't know what was next 
no doubt these men, Brother Marion did a beautiful job. Where do we go from here? We gave up the family business. We went bankrupt. We've sold off the business. We're following this Christ. He's dead now. So where does that leave us? Jobless, penniless, and no leader. I mean, think about it. That's where it left them. Nothing. But can I tell you, when you're down to nothing, God is up to something. When you feel like you have nothing left, that's when God will step in and say, Oh, you have blessings that you don't even know about in store. How many of you believe God still has blessings for you that you don't even know about? You haven't even experienced them yet. So what's next? Where do we go? When will things, no doubt, these disciples... We're thinking like we're thinking today. When will things be like they used to be? How? When will things go back to the way they used to be? Now think about their walk with Jesus. Up to this point, Jesus calls them, and they follow him for three and a half years. They get up in the morning with him. They're with him all day long. They eat dinner, supper, whatever you call it. They eat supper with him. They're with him nonstop. All of a sudden we go from him being with us all the time and notice here, he's just appearing at different places. Sometimes we walk in a place with the Lord and we just feel like he's right there all the time and we could reach out and touch him. But can I tell you, there are some days that you wonder, God, are you ever going to appear? God, am I ever going to feel you? God, are you going to ever make yourself known? I need to feel your touch once again. Is anybody in this house this morning? I just need to feel you one more time, Lord. I need to know what you're doing, God. My plate's full. Don't raise your hand because everybody has to shame the devil and tell the truth. But I'm sure there's some folks in here this morning. Your plate's full. You feel like you just don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. But you're here this morning as a testimony. But I'm still trusting that God has my life in the palm of His hands. God is working all things together for good. So there's still some emptiness inside. The Bible says, Peter says to these other six, I'm going fishing. That's what I was doing when he found me, so I'll just go back to what I know. Can I tell you, church, it's not a bad thing for us to go back to what we know. If we'll go back to where the Lord found us and start doing what we did after he found us, we'll find that he's still just as real as he ever was. Sometimes it does us good to go back and remember where the Lord found us. They said, we're going to just go fishing. They said, well, we might as well go with you because we don't have nothing else to do. At least that's something normal. That's normalcy. We know how to fish. Then we find, secondly, from this discouraged, exhausted, empty disciples... Secondly, I want you to look at the rest of this story. There's an encounter and an encouraged. Don't ever stop the story too short. Because for every emptiness, God will give you an encounter and encourage you if you so desire. The Bible said the sun is breaking through the darkness. They're all 
already discouraged and exhausted and empty from all the things that's been going on with Christ. And notice, Peter says, well, you know, that's what I was doing when he found me, so I know how to fish, so I'll go back fishing. There's only one problem. Insult to injury. I thought I knew how to fish. I can't even catch fish anymore. After three and a half years not fishing, I don't even know how to catch fish anymore. I mean, you read it. He's supposed to be a commercial fisherman, and he can't catch any. Nothing. Sun's breaking. Another night of disappointment. How many of you have ever experienced more than one night of disappointment? You thought, well, God, it can't get no worse. Honey, let's, just let me tell you, a lot of you I pastored before. Let me tell you, don't ever say it can't get worse. Because the devil may prove you to be a liar. And it might get worse. But I'm telling you, it doesn't matter. Because the Bible said it is dark at midnight. It's the darkness in the middle of the night. But the Bible said, but... Hold on, for weeping only endures for my night season. But joy will come in the morning. I come by to tell you, there is going to be a morning that's coming, and there's going to be joy. So they're discouraged again. Insult to injury. A night of disappointment. The Bible said in verse 4, Jesus is standing on the beach. But the disciples did not know that he was there. Some of you that go way back in the church of God will remember this in that old red back hymnal in front of you. Brother Jimmy Villanueva has probably sung it before. There's an old song there that says, Standing somewhere in the shadows, you'll find Jesus. Sometimes he's not illuminated in front of me. Sometimes I'm not jumping up and down and doing cartwheels and jumping the pew. Sometimes I may not be shouting. Sometimes I might not feel warm fuzzies. But Brother Cozy, I've been serving him long enough to know that standing somewhere close by in the shadows, I'll find him. Because he promised he'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. He said, I'll be with you even until the end. They didn't know he was there. They didn't even know where he was at. Remember, he's only appeared to them two other times. He died, buried. He's appeared twice. As far as they knew, he could be back in heaven. How would they know where he's at? They didn't know where he was at, but he knew where they were at. Sometimes I don't know where he's at, but he knows where I'm at. And if I can't get to him, he'll come to me. But he'll make sure that he reveals and encourages us and let us know, I know where you are. I know exactly where you are. You can't go anywhere. I don't have time to preach 12 sermons this morning, but ask Jonah. Oh, he knows where you are. He knows where you are. So he's right there. But they're not recognizing none of that because they're so engulfed in the things in their life that are going on. Jesus knew not only where they were, but knew what they were, that was going on in their individual lives. They were looking for fish. And so Jesus went right to where they were. He didn't ask them how the weather was. Brother Henry, he didn't say, you know, Jay, 
encounter any kind of stormy seas last night. He knew their mind was on fishing. And what they was thinking was about fishing and caught nothing. And so Jesus says to them, children, notice what he called them. Don't miss words in the Bible. He didn't say fishermen. He didn't say, hey, Bubba. That's what we just said in Berkeley County. Hey, Bubba, did you catch something? But he called them children. Don't miss it. They still don't know who he is, but he knows who belongs to him. He recognized those are my children out there. It's my children that is discouraged. It's my children that need to be encouraged. I know who they are. And they're mine. Thank God we're His church. He said, Children, have you any meat? Well, Brother Art or Brother Causey, these other ministers in here, they, they might preach it or feel it a different way, but they next week so you can... They can preach it the way they want to next week. I'm going back to Orangeburg tonight. And if Jonathan's watching, there's not a thing he can do. But he said to them, children, do you have any meat? All my life in the church, my dad being a Baptist preacher, I've always heard, no, we don't have any. I don't believe that's the way they answered. These were discouraged, heartbroken didn't catch fish all night, so they're a little tired in body, had no sleep, and I've caught no fish, and I'm already insulted because I'm supposed to be a commercial fisherman. My take on it, when Jesus said, children, do you have any meat? I can tell you what I'd have done. No, I don't have no fish. That's how you respond when you're mad. No, I don't have anything. And that's really the way they felt. No, I don't have anything. But in verse 6, the Bible says, And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast therefore now, and they were not able to draw it in for the multitude of fish. The catch was large. I submit to you, what I said to you in the beginning of the title of this message. He has whatever you're looking for. The question is, what am I looking for? What do I want? What did I come here for this morning? What do I really want from God? Do I want my life changed? Do I want things in my family changed? Do I want a closer walk with God? Or do I just want to go through the motions and get out of here by 12? What do I want? Because whatever I want, that is what I will receive. Well, I've been this a while. You can ask Brother and Sister Art. I've been in a long time. You get what you want. If you come wanting nothing, you'll leave with nothing. If you came, oh, God, I can't wait to get to Santee Circle. I just want to feel your presence. I want to worship you. You'll get exactly what you want. So they had this encounter with the Lord. 
Bible says the catch was large. Abundant supply. More than you could even ask or think. But now I love dear old brother John. I want you to catch this. Therefore the disciple whom Jesus loved. Now he loved them all. But John just was that one that just was attentive and always leaning. Remember, he was the one always leaning on the Lord's breast. What, what the Bible is trying to teach, John was the one, I want to be as close to him as I can get. I want to put my ear and hear his heartbeat. I'm telling you, I wish to God in Orangeburg, and probably some of them will listen, and I wish to God for Jonathan and Sandy's circle, God would raise up some people that would want to hear the heartbeat of God. I want to be so close, I can hear your heartbeat in my ear, because I'm leaning on your breast. I'm leaning on you, Lord. I want to hear you. The Bible says that John, the one that he loved, said unto Peter, It is the Lord. Now I want to remind us of something. How was John so sure? Sister Tina, how could he be so sure that this was God? Well, think about it. When Jesus called those disciples and they started following him this was prior to his crucifixion remember there was a story when they were out on the seashore Jesus got in a boat and pushed it out a little ways and he taught the people y'all remember that story and then Jesus told Peter he said let's take the boat out into the deep and cast our net and cast your net on the right side. Go home and read it. On the right side of the boat. Jesus, I mean, Peter's response prior to the resurrection. Remember what Peter said? Lord, we have told all night and caught nothing. But nevertheless, thank God for a man that will say, But nevertheless, Lord, at your bidding, I'll do it. I don't know what it's going to do, but if you tell me to do it, Lord, I'll, I'll try it. The Bible said they cast the net. Remember the story? Cast the net. And there were so many fish that the nets began to break. And other boats had to come and help them cart the fish back to the shore. I am a firm believer, Sister Tina, that when... John saw that net full of fish. He's done it again. He's done it before. He's doing it again. Church, remember what he's already done before. It'll build your faith to recognize he's doing something again. I believe with all my heart, when John saw those fish, his mind immediately clicked and said, notice what he said, it is the Lord. I recognize that's him. Oh, church, if we'll remember what God's already done, you will recognize when it's him. You'll know it's him working all things together for your good. He said, it's the Lord. It has to be the Lord. Nobody could do this, but God has already done it before. How much has God already done for you and I? He is the only one that really knows what we're looking for. Verse 8 and 9, let me quickly move on. 
And the other disciples came in a little ship. They were not far from land. About 200 cubic dragging the nets with fish. As soon then as they were come to land, they saw a fire coal there. And fish laid there on and bread. Jesus saith unto them, Bring of the fish which you have now caught. And again, don't read it too fast. Jesus has blessed them with a wonderful amount of fish. He's given them an abundant blessing. When they get to the shore, what does the Bible say? Jesus already has fish. He already has bread. He doesn't need my fish, but he wants them. Read your Bible. He don't need my fish. He's got his own fish. He doesn't need my bread. He can take fish and loaves and feed thousands. He don't need my fish and my bread. But notice what he said to them. Bring your fish. I say to you this morning, what God has blessed you with was not for you to keep it. But it was for you to be a blessing. He told Abraham, I'm going to bless you that you can be a blessing. He tells these disciples, you've got fish, but you can't put them all in the freezer. You've got to bring some of your own. Can I tell you, God wants us to be a part of the miracle. But I'm telling you, we live in a church world today. Folks just want to sit around and God bless me if you think you're big enough to do it. I'm telling you, God wants my praise. He wants my hand. He wants my mouth. He wants it to get in my feet. You bring me what you got. Broken, torn up. You bring what you got. I'll put it with what I got. And when you take what I got and let God kiss it with what He's got, oh, you've got a union then that a blessing's about to happen and the windows of heaven are going to open pour you out a blessing and you won't even have room enough to contain it when God blesses you. Does anybody believe that this morning? Does anybody believe God wants to bless you? But God wants you to be a part of the blessing. God wants you to be a part of the blessing. Already had fish but said you need to contribute something. Every time you walk in this building I'd say to you, I say it, don't remember. Every time you walk in this building, you walk in on holy ground, you ought to contribute something. And I'm not talking about president faces on a piece of money. But you ought to contribute something. A praise, a, a hallelujah, amen, something. Because God's been good to every one of us or we wouldn't be here this morning. We ought to contribute something to this service this morning. God, you woke me up this morning. I was clothed in my right mind. Clothes on my back, a car to drive. I've got to contribute something. i got to say thank you one more time, Lord. i got to give you something. Jesus wanted their part of the blessing. Bring what you have. And then verse 11. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to the land full of great fish. 153. And for all there were so many, yet there is no fillers in the Bible to make it a bigger novel. Every word in the Bible is anointed and breathed on by the Holy Ghost. So if it's there, every word's there for a reason. Yet, why would the Bible need to put this in here? There were 153 fish, and yet was not the net broken. I want to give you a twofold there. Number one, sometimes when you feel like 
there's just too much weight you're carrying. If you serve the Lord, your net will not break. God will reinforce your net. God will carry your net. God will send somebody to help you pull your net. But he'll never leave you alone. I will clearly like want you to know there's a lot of fish. And scientifically, Brother Randy, the net should break. But when God's in it, it won't break. The flip side of that, not only can we look at it from that point of view, but we can look at it from this side. When Jesus blesses you, sometimes the Bible says, your mortal body will hardly have room enough to contain it. I'm telling you, when you get a real blessing from the Lord, sometimes you just can't stand it. Sometimes you're just overwhelmed by it. When you get a real touch from the Lord, not talking about a warm fuzzy and I got a really nice pep talk and you made me feel good. I'm talking about when I got a blessing from the Lord. It didn't come from Sister Sherry singing. didn't come from Sister Carol's playing. didn't come from whoever was preaching. But I got a blessing from the Lord. And when God poured out His blessing, I walk out of here a changed man because I have been in the presence of God. And you're never the same when you've been in His presence. You see, we find these in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. Now unto him who is able. One of my favorite passages of scripture. Now unto him who is able to do what? Exceedingly and abundantly and above. Exceedingly means more than what I even expected. Abundantly is more than I actually needed. When you have an abundance, that means you got more than what you even needed. And above that, exceedingly and abundantly above. Now to him who's able to do that. We need to remember that. He's able to do that. So let me quickly give you this third point. That's the examination and the expectation that came after the blessing. So I'm just going to tell you the disclaimer. When God blesses, there are some expectations. I'm telling you, we've done the church world a disservice. Salvation's free. Yes, it is. But after salvation, it's not a free ride. There's some expectations that God has placed on the people of God. And we think, oh, well, everything's free. It's just a free ride. I don't know which Bible you're reading, but mine doesn't read that way. So there comes this expectation and an examination in verses 15 through 17. You see, we realize some follow. Jesus even said for loaves and fish, and some follow for uh, for signs and miracles and other spectators. So Jesus begins to examine the situation and going to explain his expectations and so he says to Peter that we all famously know this portion of scripture he says to Peter but do you love me do you love me now these pastors could tell you there's three types of love in the word of God agape that's a godly love 
eros, which is a physical attraction. And then there's the filio, which is a brotherly love, a warm affection towards you. I love little Debbie cakes. That's filio. If I say I love little Debbie cakes and Sister Melody in the same sentence, it doesn't, or it shouldn't hold the same weight. But now I do love my little Debbie, but but she 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 is she is one up on Debbie. I'll give her that. But I did tell Sister Crib her cousin goes church. I did did tell Sister Crib her name was Debbie. I said I want to live, I want to live by little Debbie when I get get to heaven. Because Jesus is the light of the city. I can see him anywhere. I just want to live by little Debbie just in case they're letting her cook cakes. Just in case. But there's three types of love. Peter says, or Jesus says to Peter, and I'm hurrying. Peter says, or Jesus says to Peter, do you love me? If you look it up in your strong concordance, that word love, it will take you to filio. Or I'm actually to take you to agape. Let me get it right. So Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? He's talking about agape. Do you love me supremely? Peter responds, Lord, I love you. But if you look that word, that same four-letter word love in the strong concordance, it will take you to filio. Jesus says, do you love me supremely? Peter's response was, I got you back. We cool. Yeah, we good. You know, I got you. Well, see, Jesus already knew that he couldn't depend on Peter with that because Peter told him that before the crucifixion. I got your back, and we know what happened there. He's asking, do you love me with all your heart, soul, mind, and body? How many of them know that's the expectation, that you love the Lord God with your heart, your soul, your mind, and body? You love him supremely. He asked, and Peter says, I have affectionate towards you. Jesus asked him a second time. Do you love me with all your heart, soul, mind? Do you have that agape love? Peter, the second time, responds with a brotherly love. And yeah, I, you know, I like you. You're a good guy. But you go home and read if you think this pastor's telling you something off the wall. Go home and you do a Bible study. When Jesus asked Peter the third time, he said, Peter, do you feel you? So what he really said, so Peter, I'm just your buddy. I'm just your friend. I'm just a good guy, and that's how you love me. If you think about it, that's why the Bible lays it all out. When Jesus asked him, oh, so you just love me with a brotherly love, the Bible said Peter was grieved. Is that not what the Bible says, preachers? That Peter began grieved because Jesus brought him to where he was at. And when he heard Jesus say, oh, you just love, have an affection, but you don't love me with your whole heart. Bible said he was grieved and when Peter said the third time he said Lord you know all things and I'm making an exclamation I am proclaiming I love you with all this within me church I submit to you there's a lot of folks that have a warm affection for the church and they have some warm affection for the things of God and they kind of like the music And they kind of like being attached. But they don't love him with all their heart. They don't love him with all their soul. They don't love him with all this within them. You see, when you love him, all this within you, 
You don't want to take your next breath without Him. I'm talking about when you love Him like you ought to love Him. When He means everything to you. Old song says you could take the whole world. But give me Jesus. Give me the Lord. Because I'm going to face things that a doctor may not fix. I may face things that the banker can't fix. I may face things that a lawyer can't fix. I may face things and mama can't turn it around. But all when I love him with all my heart and all my soul and with all my might, there is one who can turn it around and fix it for me. And that's the expectation. Remember what he said? Sister Carol, make your way. She's right there. Make your way. Remember what Jesus said in the revelation of the churches? And we like to pick on that church. But we're living in that church era. A church of lukewarm. I love him a little bit. But I love the world a little bit too. Oh, I love the church. But I love this over here too. Honey, let me help you with something. I had to learn a long time ago. It's all or nothing. Because I'm, I knew for me, I can't speak for nobody in this house but me. But I knew a long time ago, I either had to give it all to him. Or Brother Stan, I had to go the other direction because I couldn't do both. I wasn't able to handle both. Had to do one or the other. And I chose to love him with all that is within me. And bless his holy name. Because I recognized this world, even before the last couple years, this world can't do for you what the Lord can do for you. My family and your families have folks in them that are as lost as lost can be. We can try to pretend. We can try to just don't think about it. Honey, I'm telling you, better start thinking about that lost son or daughter because if Jesus comes, they're going to hell. You can slice it any way you want to, but that's the outcome. Am I telling the truth, church? My family, your families. They don't love Him supremely. They don't have that relationship with Him that should be there. You know, one song growing up out here in Cordville at the Baptist Church. Brother Larry, they used to sing, No one ever cared for me like Jesus. Now, my mama loved me. If you don't believe it, you ask my wife. My mama would have took her down in a minute. You don't believe it, you ask him. My daddy loved me. Brother sister are you my family? I got two sisters. They'd fight you now and they claim to be saved too, but they'd fight you down and you mess with me because I'm the baby. But all of them put in a group together. No one has ever loved me like Jesus. No one's ever done for me what Jesus has done. So how can I love him any less? But I want to love him more. 
asked Peter, Peter responded, Lord, you know all things. You know everything. So I submit to you this morning. He knows where you are. Knows what you're feeling. Knows what you're dealing with. Knows how much you love him. But he also wants you to know how much he loves you. How much he really loves you. Now we always talk about we can see how much God loves us through the crucifixion. I'm telling you, I've seen God, because that happened over 2,000 years ago. I've seen how much God's loved me in recent months and years. You know, because 2,000 years ago, sometimes you say, well, yeah, he, you know, he must have really loved us to die for us, and it's just kind of a fleeting moment, thinking. But, oh, in 2022 or 2021, and you realize... God blesses you. Oh, how he must love me. Oh, how he must care for me. That he would do such things for me. See, I want you to realize, serving God is not like feeding cattle. You just, God dumps a trough full of something and you root your way up there and try to get yours. But God has a blessing just for you. Fashion just for you. Just for you. Because he knows what you're fishing for. Some are fishing and they can't find it, so they go to a bottle. Some are fishing, they can't find it, so they go to drugs. Some are fishing, they can't find it, they go to all these relationships that end in disaster. And the whole time, Jesus is standing right there in the shadow and saying, I'm what you're really looking for. This is what you really need. This is what you need. How many of you believe that this morning? He's all we need. That He is all we need. And so I say to you as you stand this morning, don't let your heart get grieved and burdened down and and, and, and get your self all worked up in fear. I understand being wise as serpents and harmless as doves, but sometimes we use some of this stuff that's going on as a crutch because we just don't want to do right. I can't go to church, but I'll be there Monday for work. So don't tell me that you're scared of COVID. That's a lie. Because if you'll go to work and won't go to church, that job means more than Jesus. You can slice it any way you want to, but that's the truth of the matter. I can't be in a crowd, preacher. They did. They pulled that one in Orangeburg, but the Lord smiled on me because he's got such a sense of humor. So I said, well, I can't go to church. I can't get in a crowd. J.C. Penney's went out of business and half of those folks was on Facebook telling me about the sale they got. You can't go to church. But you can go to an out-of-business sale with a crowd. So I just finally told mine, so let me get it right. You can't get COVID at work. You can't get COVID at an out of, going out-of-business sale. You can only get COVID if you go to church and worship. That's the only place you get it. Because that's what we're saying by our actions. Friend, we better wake up to where we are. We better shake ourselves. Me included. Shake myself and say, God, let me look at myself in the mirror. Because wherever my heart is, wherever my treasures are, 
That's where my heart's at. And I'm telling you, if your treasures are in heaven, I might miss work. I might miss a sale. But honey, you can bet I'm not going to miss church if that's where my treasure's at. I'm telling you, I believe my God's big enough to take care of me. How about yours? I have a God who is big enough. Now, I'm not saying don't be safe. I'm not saying don't take precaution. But don't let the devil trip you into believing a lie and be damned. Because God knows what's in our heart too. Am I preaching the truth this morning, church? God knows what's in our heart. He knows what motivates us. What a day we're living in. The devil has tried to stop the church since its conception. And I submit to you what's going on now is nothing different than the devil still trying to stop the church. Get them to stay home. Get them to stay away. Don't let them come together. Don't let them fellowship. But the Bible taught that we are to fellowship. We're not to, we're not to cease to pray one for another. Well, I can't pray for you if you're not here. Hello, church. Because I don't even know what you need if you're not here. Preachers, am I telling the truth? If you're not here, I don't know what you need. I'm telling you, the devil's slick. But the Bible says that God is give us wisdom. We need to use our godly wisdom. And that the Spirit of God would lead and guide and direct us. I'm telling you, the church needs to let the Lord start guiding us instead of CNN guiding us. Come on, church, help me. Quit listening to CNN. Get in a closet and pray for a little while and see what God tells you about it. I'm not going to listen to a man. I'm going to listen to God. Is that the Bible, church? Is that the Bible? That is not my conviction. That's the Word of God. One place Jesus, or in the Old Testament, I think it's in Jeremiah, said the Lord has told you aforetime or ahead of time I'm amazed at why the church is so in disarray and wringing their hands and operating in fear when Jesus told us 2,000 years ago before I come perilous times are coming what did we think he was lying he told you it was coming did he not say it's coming church I'm telling you it's coming if I can't serve him over a virus Honey, when it really rubber meets the road, where am I going to be weighed in the balance? And am I going to be found wanting? I'm telling you, church, now's the day. Now's the time. Oh, God, let me get closer to you. I don't know what tomorrow will bring. But, oh, God, if you've got me, we can make it. If you've got me, God. Oh, good Lord, I hope you understand what I'm trying to tell you this morning. People need the Lord. These pastors that are much older than wiser than me, I feel sure they would support and back what I'm saying. 30, 40 years ago when they were preaching and in their prime, people needed the Lord. When I started 30 years ago, people needed the Lord. But I have never seen a day like today that people need the Lord. People need God. They're believing a lie and being damned. They don't even think twice about God. People need the Lord. We need God, church. As our heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I don't know what you came looking for. Don't know.
know what you have need of. But whatever it might be, he has what you're fishing for. So whatever you're looking for, he's got it. Now you can do one of two things. His head's about and eyes are closed. You can come to these altars. We will try to make sure that we protect your health as best as possible. Or you could just stay at your seat and just raise your hand and say, I have some things I need from the Lord. And it may not be you personally. You may want your children saved. That's a need from the Lord. It may be a health issue. Financial issue. The issue at the job. But is there any this morning, whether you come forward or raise your hand, you want to respond to the Word of God, not to what I said, but what the Word said. Is there anyone? Hands all over the house. I want to respond to the Word of God. I have needs. I have needs. Father, You've seen these hands all over this house. People that are burdened down with cares and heartaches, plates full, trying just to keep their head above the water, family dynamics, financial dynamics, spiritual dynamics, health issues. of the unknown but oh God they've raised their hand in this house today and acknowledged but God one more time I'm saying to you you're all I need you're all I need you're all I need and I'm trusting you Lord by lifting my hand and slipping it back down I'm saying Lord I'm trusting you my faith is in you oh God and Lord I thank you for what you're going to do for every man and woman that raised their hands in this house in an acknowledgement of their desire that they need you and we ask it all in that name this above every name We ask it in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Brother Tim, we'll turn it back to you. Thank you, Brother Vaughn. I love the Lord. I love to feel His presence. Those of you that had needs, He is there for you. You just have to trust Him to do it. Tonight, uh, Captain Bauman, Brother Bauman to me, is going to be delivering a message. He's an Army guy, I'm a Navy guy, so i got to pick at him. I don't, I don't want to definitely interrupt or, or step anything when the Holy Spirit's moving. Um, 
this evening, right? So we talked, Brother Keith talked about it a little bit. When you come to church, you got to come expecting something, right? This evening, so in Matthew 6, the Bible says, go into your room, close the door, and pray to the Father, right? So I'm not, I'm not promoting prayer rugs or prayer pillows or, or cloths, but it does talk about an axe that a, a handkerchief that just touched Paul moved out and people were healed. So tonight, I'm bringing my prayer rug that sits in my closet. Uh, some of you, if you pray sitting on the toilet, definitely don't bring your toilet, right? You might want to bring your uh, your little cloths or something. But if there's something in the room that you pray and you kind of want to just anoint it tonight to set it apart holy, just to as an act of faith, saying, God, this is a rug and the oil that we'll use is just oil. But Lord, you are real, right? And I know that if I want to be powerful and effective in the warfare, which is what we'll talk about tonight, I, I need to be foresight and I need to be effective. And one way you do that is through your prayer. So if you, as an act of faith, want to bring something, right? And if you don't have anything, if you want to bring your heart, bring your heart tonight to come back to uh, sit in the presence of God again for worship. I know that uh, Pastor would say I would be remiss if I didn't uh, recite our uh, proclamation. So, Madison, if you could put it up there, I'd appreciate it. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Praise the Lord. If you are a visitor, please fill out a connection card. There should be some there. Uh, we promise, honest, we promise not to fill your mail with a bunch of junk. But we would like to connect with you and let you know that we love you and appreciate you being here. Uh, we didn't say anything about offerings. We've got boxes here, one in the back. If you want to give an offering, great. We appreciate it. Uh, it's helped to further the work of the Lord. With that said, Brother Art, can I ask you if you would to pray the benediction?